Welcome gang, this is Terry with Toxic Natos, your one-stop shop for watch accessories. Today you're listening to AJ and Chris with the Bellingham Podcast. I couldn't have put it better, I am AJ Barce. And like Terry mentioned, I am Chris Powell and this is the Bellingham Podcast. Episode 82 for the week of June 3, 2018. What a great intro. Um, if you don't know who Terry is, we've mentioned his product several times. It's something, um, actually at the top of the show, I want to mention this. Like Chris and I have said since the get-go of, of Bellingham Podcast, we don't do advertisements. If we feature something, it's because Chris and I believe it or we use it. And so uh, Terry is the founder and owner of Toxic Natos. We've mentioned his his shiznit before. And, Can uh, we say that on the air and still I'm keep sure. our clean designation? Sure. Shiznit? Maybe we That's... could use Pig Latin. Let's use Pig Latin in the future. Isn't it shit? Isn't it Shay uh, Strap A? I don't know. Uh, Abstra, yeah, uh, yeah, Abstra, yeah. Abstra, I'm, I'm not, fluent in Pig Latin. I'm, I'm not. But uh, so anyway, Toxic Natos, we've mentioned them before. It's funny because like Toxic is one of those brands where if you're in the watch world or you're not in the watch world, you typically stumble upon Toxic Natos because the 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 bang for your buck of what you get for just a something as simple as quote unquote a watch strap terry puts a lot of forethought in to pull from their website quote we believe in beautifully designed functional products toxic nato strives to deliver the highest quality strap with exceptional hardware chamfered durable holes and soft yet long-lasting webbing no need to look for any further we also provide watch repair and accessories he's a one-stop shop like you said and also he is a veteran to which we give a tip of the hat which you can't see on the air but we are giving a tip of the hat and good on him for creating a thriving business of something that uh, is very uh, useful and functional and well done Um, i don't you know, I'll talk about using products and, and various things like that, but here's the deal. I've got uh, a Seiko SKX 007. That's my daily driver. I proudly wear two straps, depending on what clothes I wear, to match with my accessories. Uh, <laughs> I have a strap number one is a Toxic Nato's Isnitche blackout with 1.4 millimeter thick herringbone weave nylon. This is like the seatbelt. Uh, style. And the strap number two is a Toxic Nato's Rogue Blackout in yeah. Admiralty Gray with 1.4 millimeter Zulu's Weave Nylon. All on a sesame seed bun. Yeah. It's it's so comfortable. Uh, I'm a fan. I, I also enjoy the packaging that comes in because it comes in a biohazard pack. I talked about this in a previous episode yeah. when I got the black out uh, and I was real I was delighted. There's there's this concept that we get with delight. When you open up certain tech devices, there's a, a little bit of delight you get. The unboxing. When I see a biohazard plastic bag with my strap uh, inside of it, plus some, I think it's Atomic Warheads candy. Good on you for having a little bit of sense of humor as you are delivering a product to a customer. This is of a rarity in uh, what we currently have uh, around nowadays. So good on you, Terry. I'm a fan. Uh, thanks for, once again for uh, starting us off on this show. Yeah. And Chris, I'm, I'm very envious of your Rogue uh, Admiralty. I love I love that strap. I've got two of his as well. I've got his standard NATO strap that he he makes. And I have two of them, one in uh, 20 millimeters for my the PNW001, the very watch that I made. Yep. And uh, I have the, the 22 millimeter for the SKX as well. Yes. And both of them I got 
but uh, to support the TGN, the, the gray NATO, because oh, yeah. um, they had a partnership a, a while back that, you know, you can buy two straps and it supports the show and also supports uh, toxic NATOs. So I've got a, a special edition buckle that says TGN engraved on it. But the reason why I went to toxic is so their straps like and you have a little bit bigger wrist and you've had issues with other NATOs before in the past where it kind of falls short. You don't get enough for that loop to loop into the, for the final right. buckle. It's, it's a generous amount of length. Yes. And so he has, it, it's a 13 hole um, spread on mm-hmm. his strap. So you have ample, you know, if you're, if you have a bigger wrist or even if you have a smaller wrist like me, like there's enough there that you can loop onto that final buckle. So you don't have that flapping tail. The other thing that I love about it is the hardware he uses is Skookum. <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty durable. That's it, for sure. It is, but it's, it's, it's well polished. Like the the buckle he uses is a thick stainless steel, almost like a Panerai uh, Pre-V buckle, but it's rounded. It's not sharp like a Panerai buckle. The tang on that thing is thick, and that's that's the reason why I gravitated towards his product to start with. Is I ride a motorcycle. I'm going seventy miles an hour with a several thousand dollar watch on my wrist. You have to ask yourself, self, that five dollar and ninety nine cent strap you got off of the eBay. Are you willing to risk having that watch come off your wrist at 70 miles an hour? And I've, that's, that's the reason why I gravitate towards this product is that I, I say it's roadworthy. You know, I've, I've gotten this thing uh, wet with bath time with my son mm-hmm. to it is on my wrist at 70 miles an hour. And there's, you know, you have to, tr- like, you have to trust in a product. And I, that's, that's how the level of trust I put in Toxic NATO. So once again, uh, check out T-O-X-I-C-N-A-T-O-S dot com uh, to learn more about these fine watch straps. So this episode is a very packed episode. We, we got out of the studio for a while. Yeah. And I, we went for a walk. Well, we had that awesome station break. Yes. And, and uh, well deserved. Yep, Thank you very much. Yep. We got some great feedback on just a station break, which is cool. Yep. But uh, it took us some time to, to go on a walkabout. And we walked to, what do you call it? The, the, the South le- Atrium? <laughs> the left ventricle of Fairhaven. Okay. The, the left ventricle of Bellingham known as Fairhaven. Yep. Now, Fairhaven is our art district of, of the good old uh, 9822567 area. And we, we, we stumbled upon two different businesses. One is Found Leather Goods, where I sat down and had an interview with Nikki Lang, somebody who I've mentioned on the show several times, much like Toxic. But also we stumbled upon uh, a serendipitous interview, Chris. So as we head out of Nikki's shop in Fairhaven, down the stairs and hook a right, because, you know, uh, we're parked nearby, uh, there was a store uh, near, right nearby called Artwood. And it contains uh, many fine woodworking uh, items. A wonderful uh, environment. Pleasant lady greeted us as we walked in, uh, asked, have you been here before? And I hadn't. So, you know, gave me the little introduction and told a little bit about the store, which is wonderful. Uh, instead of the standard, can I help you find anything? Uh, but there was some personality there. And I looked at AJ as I'm hearing this description. And AJ looked at me. And we happen to have the microphone uh, with us. And I asked Erica, the manager of Artwood, would you mind if we asked you a couple questions? We do this local show. And, and here's a great uh, conversation about a local 
uh, artists of fine uh, handcrafted uh, items that we have coming up. Yeah. So the the theme of this show, as opposed to like just the hashtag local or hashtag watch fam, we're, we really sought out story and personality and that, that local PNW vibe. And we're, we're hooking Toxic Natives because they're based out of Colorado Springs into that same vibe. But these are American-based companies, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, um, artisans. And so that's the theme that we're doing. So leading into this, let's let's hit the streets of Fairhaven. It's a nice spring day, walking up to the streets here. What's great about Fairhaven is all of these old vintage red brick buildings. And uh, I'm just walking down Harris here, and over to my left is this little doorway that goes up to a staircase. Now, I hope uh, you have your, your stair climbing shoes on because there's two flights of these, but it is well worth it. Once you get to the top, you'll start to smell something leathery in the air. Go to the end of a very short hallway and turn left, and that is where we begin our interview, where I sit down with Nikki Lang, founder and owner of Found Leather Goods. So, Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you for letting me uh, be in your really skookum... Uh, oh, good word choice. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I've been waiting <laughs> two years to use that word choice. But oh, very nice. skookum... Uh, uh, what do you call this? Your loft or your... Studio. studio? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And where is your studio? Where are we at right now? We are in Fairhaven at the corner of 10th and Harris, right above Good Earth Pottery. With probably the best view I think I've seen in great. Fairhaven. Yeah. Uh, how, how did Found get founded? Found started almost 10 years ago uh, in my basement in Mount Vernon. Um, I just started cutting up leather coats and making little doodads out of them. And um, about a year after I started doing that, I moved to Portland and opened an Etsy shop and started selling things to strangers. And it was amazing. And it sort of spiraled into buying whole hides of leather and making reproductions of things. And now I have three employees who help me out and they're awesome. And it's a lot of fun. I still love it. Well, that that's good. So 10 years. So getting back to how I found, I found you, mm-hmm. I basically just Googled you and, and found found. And I sent you a cold email. I thought I was going to get the cold shoulder, honestly, because I'm just like, eh, probably this big horkin firm that does all this extravagant industrial stuff. And I'm just like, hey, I'm trying. I, I used to ride horses. I know my way around a leather punch. Can you help me make a watch strap? <laughs> you're you're a you're a three person shop. And how much how much stuff do you produce? Oh, man, I guess it depends from week to week. But I mean, how do you measure how much we produce? We probably sell, I don't know, 10 pieces a week and we ship all over the place and people just kind of wander up. We have kind of irregular hours in the studio. So people come up whenever or um, they'll shoot me a message and I'll come down to the studio and open up and. Yeah, so it just varies. We get some orders, but we've tried to be more batch-oriented just for the sake of efficiency so we can um, sell what we have instead of always trying to, to keep up with orders. Yeah, that's the one thing that I absolutely adore about you and your shop is literally you're, you're, you act like more of an artisan as opposed to like an industry shop. Like, yeah. I'm cranking out handbags. No, like yeah. you really want to know who you're making your stuff for. Totally. Yeah. That's part of the beauty of it. I mean, we like to talk to people about what they like and don't like about the bags. And, um, yeah, it's all about, it's all about meeting the people and the making. I love to, people ask me what my favorite bag is to make. And I say something new 
whatever uh-huh. is new is always my favorite thing to be making. So, so what do you make? You you make bags. We like- make bags. That um, that's one of our our biggest things. And we've started making art portfolios, which has uh-huh. been sort of a fun direction to take and we'd like to start making more products for makers Mm. so we a couple weeks ago we finished a custom order for bonsai tools somebody brought in their bonsai tools and said can you make me a tool roll for these and i said yes we can (laughs) (laughs) and and we made it and it turned out great and i've done a couple of knife rolls for chef friends and yeah that's cool tell me the story behind the skookum Oh, the skookum is a bag that we make that benefits the skookum house in town, which is a foster care um, house for kids that are coming into the foster system for the first time. And I'm personally connected to a lot of families that have done foster care and are part of that. And it's it just feels great to be able to support another great thing in Bellingham. And the bags are all one of a kind. So just oh, yeah. sort of tying to the idea that kids are one of a kind and... Um, and Skookum just does great work, so it's fun to kind of partner with them and support them. And and every every bag that is sold, twenty percent of the profits go to Skookum House. That's super cool, or that's super Skookum, I should say. <laughs> so I remember when I first met you, and I was just like, "Hey, you know, I had I have my actually my satchel that I brought today that's strapped oh, yeah. lovingly to my motorcycle." Mm-hmm. Tell me the story of like the 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 elusive bag that kind of got you into like leathering or oh. leather making or leather. Crafting, however you want to say yeah. it. Yeah. So I had a bag that I had gotten when I was in high school on a missions trip in Guatemala. And I bought it from a street market and had it for years and years. And finally, I was in college and I was still carrying this bag. And my dad was like, you need a new bag. This bag is terrible. I'm embarrassed to be seen with you when you're carrying this bag. I'm going to make you... He didn't actually say I'm going to... He said, I'm going to look for a bag... To replace it. And so he made it his mission to, to look for a similar bag. But he couldn't find one because it was purchased in Guatemala, you know, and so he wasn't about to go to Guatemala and get one. Darn. And so without me knowing it, he made a bag for me. He measured the dimensions. He's like, leave the bag with me for a weekend and, you know, I'll, I'll try and find something. And so he took measurements and went to a thrift store and bought a leather coat and made me this bag, recruited somebody who had an industrial sewing machine and made this bag that really looked nothing like the original. (laughs) Um, In fact, your bag that you're talking about looked far more like the original than the one my dad made. But, um, But something about the idea of cutting up a leather coat really sparked the idea for the whole business. So, yeah. And so you've been chopping coats and popping tabs uh, ever since. It's true. Yeah. And I still can't resist cutting up a leather coat. I mean, you can... Stay away from my leather jacket for yeah. the motorcycle, please. Uh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, no, that's that's really cool. So, like, if it wasn't for that experience, you wouldn't... you wouldn't. I wouldn't be in the studio wouldn't right now. You wouldn't be in the studio. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's funny how one thing leads to another. What's what's in the future of found? So, I, I saw... Last time I, I popped in, you're doing fashion shows now. Well, yeah. I mean, not on a regular basis. I like to take part in the rag finery fashion shows. I've done 
three, three shows and there was one original event that I won and I had my face on a bus for a few months, which was really exciting. <laughs> From uh, We upcycled bus driver uniforms and so oh, the, pr- the prize was to have your face on a bus. Um, so we were part, Emily was my model um, and we took home one of the judges' prizes. We, we upcycled... A few leather coats and some fabric from the rag finery and made a dress. And that's that was really the first dress I've ever made. But it sort of gave me the confidence that maybe I could make some more clothing. And my assistant, Emily, is actually trained as a fashion designer. And so with her help and with the help of another friend, Katie, um, we're going to we're going to have a collection to show at the Art on Tap runway show. When is that? June 15th. Awesome. Yeah, and the Alley District is about to be bulldozed for condos, which Alley is district? very sad. The Alley District, it's an arts district. The Hub Bike Shop is oh, there. Altility what? Studio. Yeah, Plantas Nativas. That whole corner is going down. So it's the wow. last big opportunity to go and sort of support the artists that are there and and send it off with with style. Oh, that with style. Yeah. yeah that's, okay. So from, from bags to bag orient origin story to fashion shows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, predominantly in your lineup. And I've, I've mentioned this before. You're predominantly very like more feminine centric in your designs, yeah. but yeah. you do do like one-offs for guys. Like you make valets yeah. and, and you know, yeah, we, uh, you know, I've tried, I, it's challenging for me to design for guys because I tend to flare things up a little bit. You know, I tend to add things, you yeah, know, yeah. rivets or zippers or colors. Dude, or, guys like know. rivets. Some, yeah, yeah. I guess rivets <laughs> are a little bit tougher than, you know, like a frill or something. But uh, Very much so. Yeah. So, yeah, we make wallets yeah. for guys. We do key fobs. Um, we're, yeah, we're doing lots of these little trays. Yeah, you do key fobs. Nice. You made that key fob. Uh, well, it was I, a joint effort. Joint effort. This yeah. was a joint effort. Yeah. But yeah, no, like that's that's the one thing I wanted to point out is like if if a if a gentleman, a mm-hmm. chap, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the gentry here in Bellingham wanted to have something one of a kind made, like mm. do, do you do like commission work where some guy could be like, hey, I have I want to make this leather folio for my moleskin, you know? Yeah, I we've gotten away from one of a kind work. Okay. Just because it sort of stops up our efficiency. Got but um, with that said, if someone comes in here and asks me, I have a hard time saying no. So, Especially if it's cool, <laughs> Like right? if somebody comes in and wants to build the custom watch band or something, you know, it's, it's hard, well, okay. hard to turn them away. So, so and, and I got to say thank you. Like that oh, was, yeah. that was yeah. something. Well, it's fun for me because really I like to connect with people and to make a useful thing yeah. for somebody is really great. Fast forward through all of this. Uh, so I, I contacted you mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I have no tools. Like I was in the middle of moving. Like I, I just need like, I need a, I need a punch. I need like leather and I need guidance and I can't sew worth a darn. So thank you for doing the yeah. stitching. Can we do this? And you're like, yeah, come on in. And so I don't know. I, I think we spent like an hour together yeah. or yeah. so. Yeah. And I made a leather watch strap that for my hand built watch, which mm-hmm. is now on my wrist. I'm sorry. I'm not wearing the leather strap today. It's a little <laughs> bit warm for that, but you know, this, the whole purpose of that is I needed help to make an heirloom and you help make that happen. Yeah. So well, that's nice. That's a nice feeling. We are hoping that the studio becomes more and more a space that people can come and learn how to make things. We've had a couple of workshops lately. We had oh, a really cool. great shoemaking workshop. A woman named Rachel from uh, Portland came and taught a sandal making workshop that has really inspired 
inspired me toward making shoes. Wow. So shoes might be on the agenda in the near future. Um, but we also have a macrame workshop coming up. Macrame? Um, That's not leather. No, it's not. But but people like to make things. Okay, so cool. I'm just inviting other makers and teachers to come in and just teach different kinds of art. I imagine that leather could go into macrame. We'll see. I default we'll to see. your knowledge. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, and I teach earring making workshops out of the studio and can also go to people's houses and have a party and make earrings. And it's a lot of fun. So I hope that it will become more of a teaching working space for other people to come in and, and make things. So those workshops, do you just post them on your website? I do. Which yeah. is foundleathergoods.com. Dot, dot com. Yeah. And you have an awesome, uh, totally baller Instagram, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. My puppy makes it on there every now and then. I know. My you children. Have... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you have a life outside of I do. Work? I know. Shh. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I may have to cut that. No. Oh, I'm about to turn 40 this year. You're this about... is a pretty big you, deal. Yeah. You do not look so your not, age. Thank you. I know. Yeah. I look. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to have a big open studio. It's actually the, so Fairhaven has started doing Fourth Fridays, Fourth Friday Art Walks. Next month, June 22nd is my 40th birthday and you're all invited to a party at our studio food and drink and fun and music and um yeah come on up what time is that party gonna be uh starting five to eight so same hours as the art walk so so another little tidbit that i recently just found out because you said music is your band gonna be playing my band will hopefully be playing i haven't asked him yet so (laughs) if you're listening will you please play for my birthday party (laughs) and who's your band who do you play with we're called the red sky riders awesome and we're a group of musicians that got together from just playing at a jam in town at the green frog rest in peace the green frog that's now the firefly um but uh, yeah, so we just started playing together and we play bluegrass and old time and Americana type stuff. And hopefully my finger will be banjo ready any day. Picking and grinning. Picking and grinning, yeah. Cool, thank you for having me and thanks for this, this wonderful interview. And if anybody is in the area, please come up to Nikki's studio. Yes, yes, please come up. You can always call ahead to make sure we're here, but we're here mostly in the mornings and we're trying to be open Saturdays from 12 to 4. And before we get to our next interview, I should probably say that you might be listening to the Bellingham Podcast on Bellingham's own KMRE 102.3 FM, Low Power, community radio here in the heart of the city by the Salish Sea. So after Found, we went down and we hooked into Artwood. Now, this was funny because you hadn't been in Artwood before. I had not been there before, and yet here, uh, here's uh, the manager who greeted us, and she had actually a very unique take on her role uh, as Artwood. Let's take, a, let's take a listen. Artwood Gallery is a woodworker's co-op, which means it is owned by local woodworkers, Everything that comes in goes through a consign, uh, goes through a process, a jury process. The work has to be handmade by the artists, and we have three members that do the jury to make sure it's the quality that we want to have in the gallery. It's not something you would find in every store around Fairhaven or anywhere else. They're all unique pieces that are handmade. Uh, Erica, is, as far as Artwood, you mentioned that you are known as the glue as, as a manager here. Where did, that, where did that come from, or how do you refer to yourself as the glue? Because I've been doing it for 31 years, and people always ask me, what is it that I make? I don't make anything, but I do all the bookwork, all the paperwork, move the furniture, take care of everything other than making the furniture. So 
I called myself the glue. <laughs> excellent. You, you bind the uh, professionals That's with right. the excellent. Sounds good. Now, Artwood is here in, in Fairhaven, in the heart of Fairhaven, but it had an earlier location, as you were mentioning. We were on Grand Avenue in Bellingham, a block from the museum. There was a restaurant called Primo's, and there was a small side that they needed something there. One of the woodworkers knew the fellow that owned the building and said, why don't you and some of your buddies put some furniture or something in here, and then I have a girl that can run it during the day, and you guys can come in in the evening and on the weekends when the customers are here for the restaurant. So about 25 of them got together from a club, most of them a woodworkers club, and they started the gallery called Artwood. It was a very small area. After about four months, the restaurant closed and the gallery could not afford to purchase the building or to run a bigger size. And um, they had just sold an expensive desk, so they decided they needed to find another location. One of the members, Michael Strong, lived here in Bellingham, I mean in Fairhaven, sorry, and he knew that the food co-op had been in this building. This building is from 1890. The food co-op was here, moved out, and it had been empty for six years. During that time, there was a leak. The floor was getting destroyed. There was feral cats in here. The electricity wasn't working. So they needed somebody that could really do the work. So November of 87, we met with the people from the building. This is the People's Land Trust. And we met with them and made an arrangement where we would do the work, and then they would pay us back, taking money off of our rent until it was paid back to us, which worked out fine. So we started by undoing all the floor, taking it up, digging out 18 inches of dirt because the city said at this point, this building is a historic building. You have to have a crawl space underneath. So we dug out 18 inches of dirt in the whole place and then totally redid it. And our goal was to open Ski to Sea Weekend because we didn't have money to advertise. So we had brown paper on the windows saying, opening Sea to Ski. And we opened Ski to Sea Day. We had one dining room set, we had like a large pedestal with a little bowl on, a large pedestal with a box. We had a few things on the wall, but not very many. When you look at the pictures, you will see that. And that's how we've been here. And we've been here for 30 years now, this last Sunday. That's a wonderful story. So the uh, C just occurred this past weekend. That's right. As we're, as we're speaking. Uh, how was this year uh, in comparison when it all ends in Fairhaven? Oh, it was fantastic, as always. There's always many, many people who come in who have never been here before. Um, people <laughs> who have been here before who, you know, just come in because they want to see what we have that's new. Because we have right now, we have... We started out with 25 members. We are down to 16 members, but of those 16, only eight are active at this point. But we have about 65 consignment artists, and so things come in on a regular basis. The gallery is always changing. If we sell a major piece, then we have somebody bring in another major piece, like a dining room set or something large. What are some unique items that one may not find normally on these these big sites like Amazon? Or I mean, there's a lot of wonderful handmade goods here, but is there, there's some interesting uh, pieces of note. The main thing is that everything is handmade and it is local by local art. So as the interview continued, as we're learning more about this wonderful store in Fairhaven, we had some technical difficulties as 
technology happens to occur for many involved. As we were chatting uh, about both uh, the anniversary of the store opening and uh, how it applies to the ski to sea event that always uh, occurs, one happened recently. And so where does, uh, what's up next for you in, in 2018 as we're progressing towards summer or fall? Any projects or any other kind of... Well, uh, this month we featured our members because it's 30 years. Mm -hmm. And next month will be Karen Healy, who is one of our original members. And she does wonderful furniture, boxes, jewelry. She works with wood. She works with metal. She does stonework. She does jewelry and uh, glasswork, everything. Whatever the fourth Friday of June is, we will have... My husband here, who's one of the members who will be a carver, uh, doing carving, and Michael Flaherty, who does the uh, ukuleles, will be here, and Karen Healy will be here. She's our featured artist, and she also does shaker boxes, which are like from the early, I don't know, 1700s or something like that. Very good. So, so much story. Yes. So, so much uh, uniqueness and originality uh, for here. So, uh, Erica, thank you very much for taking the time to You're speak welcome. with us. Thank you for asking. Wow, Chris. So this episode, we had three different makers on our show. We had Terry of Toxic Natos. We had Nikki from, from Found Leather Goods. And we had Erica from Artwood. This was a dense episode. I'm going to call this a trifecta of creativity. The trifecta, the, tri the triforce. That, that the triforce of creativity. That works too, yes. No, great, great work, great stories, and a great mission for what they're doing. So as we wrap up, Chris, speaking of makers, what do you, what do you got in the hopper? Uh, I am currently uh, working on a project that involves my newsletter, uh, Quiet Conversations, got a link to in the show notes if you're interested, uh, which is normally delivered to one's inbox, but I'm trying to go a little bit more of a tactile physical format, uh, just kind of seeing what's out there and it might be a worthy summer project so we'll we may be talking about that in future episodes uh, but otherwise continuing to uh, do this wonderful podcast and I have a little bit of a, a microcast uh, where I talk technology uh, elsewhere on a micro blog but uh, otherwise AJ what do you got going on uh, I'm still working on uh, I got a few things in the hopper actually uh, and my patreon patrons have kind of been in, looped in on on the projects um, you can uh, support me as a patreon artist on patreon p a t r e o n dot slash AJ Barsay, or you can find a link on my, my website, ajbarsay.com. But I too am looking at the physical. So I've been doing physical prints. Um, well, actually I've been doing 35 millimeter actual film uh, and digital prints. But also I've got something else kind of cooking. And um, some of my, my Skookum Patreon patrons will probably find out about this uh, in the next coming weeks. But uh, the, the blog might be going a little bit more physical. And that's all I'm going to say. There's going to be a new page to turn on uh, uh, Every Moment Has a Story. I think I hear... Olivia Newton-John in the background. She's singing Let's Get Physical. <laughs> Whoa, Chris, I <laughs> don't out. know about that. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, that wraps up for this edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us on the Google Play, the SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere else you like to listen to your podcast. If you're in the Bellingham area, you might be catching us over the air, analog style, on KMRE 102.3 FM. Low power. Community radio here in the heart of the city by the Salish Sea. On that note... I'm AJ Barce. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Get physical, seriously. You, you know what? I talked about it. You talk about it. Why not? We're, it'll happen. Well, trust me. Episode 87. It'll happen. <laughs>